Hello, welcome to Mark Langley's Horsemanship Podcast, a podcast helping people to understand their horses better, to provide solutions in a calm, connected way. I'm Jenny Barnes. And I'm Mark Langley. This week we're going to talk about horses that have shown signs of defensive aggression for different reasons. And we're going to ask Mark's advice on how we can manage these emotions that they're showing to us and gain his insights on how we can help these horses as well. So Mark, the first question for this session is from Laura and she has a daughter's pony who's just finished stomach ulcer treatment. And because of the ulcers, she's become quite aggressive to tack up and to rug. Although she can see her softening a little using the approach and retreat method, she still pins her ears and will kick out occasionally. She's done a lot of leading with her and she finds that if she can keep her walking forward following a feel, she can tuck and rug up with her staying soft. Her question is, is this a good way of doing things for a while or is she teaching her a bad habit by not standing still? And Laura's in the UK, so she's looking forward to seeing you when you're over there in May. Oh, good, Laura. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to going over there. Oops, sorry, just had a crash. Um, so, yeah, Laura, um, so basically... Um, what you're doing is right um, in the sense of uh, offering your horse an alternative. So it'd only be uh, walking away would only be a problem if uh, the horse was just thinking that girthing means walking away all the time and it starts to fidget and walk away uh, with anxiety. But if you're offering a horse a pathway feel through the lead rope or something like that and asking your horse to move to give them a little alternative uh, for that girthing, then that's not such a problem. Uh, as long as you get to a stage that you can sort of stop the leading process and the horse will stand while you rug and girth and things like that. But um, the, the, like what you were saying about using the approach and retreat method, that's just kind of, you know, listening to your horse. And when it gets a little anxious, you might, uh, you know, back off on the girth or not, not go any tighter and then loosen up. And then uh, and when you see the horse soften, um, so you get to a certain, so I guess approach and retreat, what I'll say is you, you, you girth up till the horse gets to a certain point. Uh, if, if you start to notice a slight bit of a change in, in, in sort of going from softness to hardness and then you wait a little till the horse softens and you release the pressure. Um, it, it is a long and tedious process that and, and though you, you're listening to your horse so, so um, it, it is still good, um, I think um, it's better to give the horse more of an alternative because to me I think um, what empowers horses more being able to do something um, which gives them a slight distraction to what, what's happening, but also being able to move their feet. So like, like um, what you're doing with the leading, uh, you're distracting the horse a little bit because the feeling of having to stand still and put up with something that you don't like is uh, usually what causes that you know, freeze and brace and more, ingre- more aggression in horses. So um, something that I, that I do a lot, and, and I think it's really good for, for girthing issues is, uh, you know, I put a long belly rope around the horse and I stand ahead of them, uh, a fair fair a fair way ahead of them. So so um, uh, it's between them and the rope, not between um, them, me and the rope. Uh, so uh, which means I'm, I'm a fair few metres away from the horse, so they can't sort of nip at me or do things like that. And then I just kind of pull on the rope and when they sort of get tight, I'll just keep the pressure on them a little bit until they, you know, they'll, they'll get aggressive and they'll do things. Um, but I'll keep, you know, I might even put a rhythmic pressure in there until they move their feet a little bit and lead. And what that does is um, they go, oh, oh, I'm tired. I can't do anything about it. I'm helpless. But then when they move a little bit, 
the pressure frees up a bit so they control the pressure by moving a little bit uh, and that usually gets them to soften a lot quicker because you know movement and uh, is usually a better way to soften a horse's thoughts if it's good movement not not that sort of you know flight movement but um, but yeah so if you get them to lead with that belly rub it's going to soften them a lot uh, but the problem is is well, it's not a problem if if you, uh, I guess, complete the leading with the belly rope. So uh, everyone out, out listening right now is going to go, oh, gee, that means every time I saddle my horse, it's going to work uh, like walk away because I'm girthing it up, and that means walk. But what I do is once the horse can lead forward, um, I'll lead them up to the to a to a spot where I'm standing grounded, and I'll lead them to where I'm going to do the girth, and then I'll just gently play with the girth a little bit, just handle them with it. And I'll, I'll just start the girthing very, very softly and quietly. So once they've sort of got out of that freeze, kind of get angry, get all tight, uh, they become aware and they, they're a bit softer at moving forward to that girth, then uh, they're generally going to give you softer thoughts around the girthing anyway. So then when you get in and you start to pull up on that girth, um, if they think, oh, I might sort of do, you know, you'll see them thinking, oh, should I get aggressive or should I walk forward? And they'll, yeah, and they'll, be, they'll be sort of toying between the two thoughts. So, so there's actually a softer thought lingering in there and, or an alternative to, 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 you know, turning around and biting and being really nibbly. Um, and when you see that thought change and they're weighing between the two, you just loosen up a bit and just say, oh, it's neither one of those, but um, being, being soft is good. Um, and then you go again. And if they walk forward and they walk off a little bit, well, I just let them walk out and I kind of pull the girth back towards me and, and it feels like they're getting a little restricted as they walk off. Um, so I'll, what, what ends up happening instead of the girth being a forward, um, leading cue kind of thing, it's, it's a pathway. So, you know, when they go out further, you can pull them back in and they can lead back in, they can lead forwards and eventually they can lead backwards with it. But when you pull the girth straight upright and your feet are, are centered, um, and grounded, then when you pull that girth straight up, uh, what happens is, is they just, uh, softly, you know, know that you're not going anywhere. They're not going anywhere, and they can and they can understand that the girth is just, um, you know, they're, they're being handled with the girth, the girth, and and accepting the girth. So, yeah, if you sort of work on those things, you'll generally get pretty good softness. But what you're doing by asking them to lead through a lead rope, that's fine too. So sometimes when you girth up and they get a little tight and they're gonna do something, or they get a little anxious, uh, and you'll get hard thoughts, then you just um, take the lead rope and maybe rock them forward, rock them back a little, rock them forward, and you hold the, the same pressure. You don't get any tighter on the girth, um, and you just rock them forwards and backwards in, in, in the lead rope until they soften into that lead rope and they're moving their feet softly and, and swaying forwards and backwards. Um, and then when they're like that, then you can just sort of loosen the girth and let them stand a little, and then you go again. And, and that's also another uh, a way that, you know, like, like what you've been doing. But as I say, instead of your horse walking around while you're doing it, you're actually instigating that forwards and backwards and the horse gets you know loosed and soft and, and and then yeah um frees them up a lot more um so either one of those things i i'd probably incorporate both of those things to help with the girthing so the next question we have for you is from maybelline and she has a um, a rather shut down dresses dressage horse um who was ridden by holding into a frame and she's been trying to get him out of his shutdown state and he's starting to voice out his thoughts a lot more. And he, because of that, he's much more defensive with the girth, the saddle backing and the feed bucket. 
she's also been having a lot of problems with him just trying to get him to go backwards so um she's a 15 year old andalusian warm blood across and thoroughbred she's had him for a year he wasn't ever thought how to lead so she's been working on it whenever she's had a chance and she said that the, she started to see a little bit of improvement but not a lot now she remembers that you told everybody once that if we're doing the same thing for a while without improvement we're probably doing it wrong or something has to change so she's wondering about this because she's still rather stuck on the backing. And when she's asked for a flowing of movement back and forth, it's like dragging her own body weight. His feet get stuck after about three steps. He'll fight with the pressure. He'll twist his head, lean on the hand. And whereas it used to just be one step. So now she sort of feels that um, they do have a bit of progress because he's making three steps, but it is rather slow. She's also wondering, um, because of this difficulty in backing, how do we know it's not due to physical pain? Yeah, that's where, you, you know, you have to get sort of, I guess, other professionals in and go over your horse. Um, but pain is caused through brace as well. So a lot of horses are very stuck and they're stuck in the mind, so their body's constantly braced. So... They never free up in their body enough to be able to heal, uh, you know, whether it be muscles, um, ligaments, anything. So, um, you know, horses that are that are braced on their forehand, they only get ridden for a little bit and they're sore in the shoulders, all that sort of, sort of thing. So, um, you know, people have to get body workers out all the time to work on them and, you know, help, help free them, loosen them up and stuff like that. Uh, so it's a revolving door which never gets quite fixed. You're just going around and around and around in circles. So you have to soften a horse's mind up to have a horse that doesn't break down all the time physically. So yeah, it's hard to know because, you know, someone might come out and say, okay, I think your horse is sore here, here and here, but I've had a lot of horses that have been deemed sore or, you know, just a, a talk to a lady I, I did today. Uh, I helped her with a, a horse uh, online and, uh, you know, the the horse sort of you know, had stifle locking issues, but the stifle, if it's only minor stifle locking issues, um, it's more pronounced when the horse is uh, dull, carrying a brace, things like that. Well, but when the horses kind of wake up and they come, they, they, they get aware of themselves, they, they, um, they move a lot better. And those, you know, even stifle locking issues will actually... Uh, if they're if they're not major stifle locking issues, will actually start to you know not be as uh, prevalent. So um, it's hard to know, but but I get the feeling because your horse was kind of jammed into a frame and ridden like that for a while that it's become very resilient and resistant to pressure, and it's a mental thing, and it's not that easy just to sort of go right. I'm going to do forwards and backwards lessons and get my horse soft. So that's why you can tend to feel like you're doing the same thing over and over and over and not getting a change because some horses, if we don't get that serious sort of change of thought in them or that bit of desire starting to happen, it's still a grind to them and they'll grind all day long. Um, and now we've changed some of our techniques because we haven't, uh, as I say, so they're not awakened. Yep. So is it like, Mark, they're actually blocking, um, It's even though she's not sort of doing things that would cause a brace, He his response is to block out the education. Is that what's happening? Yeah, he's blocking out the pressure and his, his mind's still on leaning on pressure, not um, you know following the feel and changing his thoughts. 
So unless the pressure is clear enough to make a change on him, then what's going to happen is he's going to, um, you know, just go, oh, I'm still just leaning on pressure. And, and then and sometimes they get irritable and start to do other sorts of things uh, because of that. So, you know, there's little lessons I've tried with horses that have been shut shut out, shut down for years and had some really good results in where, where I've just held the knot underneath their chin quietly, just put a little lift in it. And when I see their eyes go dull, I just put a quick upward, like electric pulse where I go like this, a quick one, and they wake up and they go, whoa, 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 where did that come from? Um, and it's not enough, you know, it's, it, it, it heightens their awareness and it's, it's, it's sort of out of the, out of the usual. And, and even something like that's enough to make a horse go, oh, what was that? And, and then you just hold the knot again and you just sort of slight lift. And if you don't see some, some, some sort of twitches in the system and the horse starting to go, I wonder what's happening. You might do another little upward electric kind of like up like that. And they go, oh, what was that? And, and then after sort of five or six goes, you put your hand underneath their chin and you'll see the whole mind and body come to life and go, oh, maybe I, I might uh, consider what's happening underneath my chin for a second. And, um, and, and, you, and you see them come into a different state of awareness um, because usually a lot of those horses, when you touch on the rein or touch on a rope around, they, it's an automatic kind of like kachink in their mind where they go, mm. and uh, so you're dealing with the wrong mindset for them to even take on information and uh just because it's fresh on my mind as there's a, there's a uh, and i think i mentioned it just in the other podcast uh about a mule i just worked at the last clinic and um she'd been working a lot of stuff that we did at the clinic she was doing at home but she didn't have quite a lot of well she was doing it but not making a lot of progress and she knows that now no, understands why is because the, the 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 mule was kind of shutting out most of it so if she did you know all these things the, the mule was only learning 15 percent of what she was showing it so so that other uh you know 85 percent was pretty well wasted um so because she wasn't in the right state of awareness um and when we got her in the right state of awareness she picked up things very quickly became very soft uh so everything we did uh was learnt information that that will be retained uh as opposed to information that's not retained um, so, so yeah, so, so that's why you'll see me sometimes, uh, do a lesson. So that, that little electric bump, obviously I'm not going to say to everyone, just go and just do that, but, um, you could experiment with it where it's just a little, uh, you know, a push up underneath their, 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 their chin and, and, and they'll go, oh, uh, and, and then it just, just wakes them up. And it's, and as I said, it's, it's not you, it's not, uh, it's a bit unusual to them. So they, 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 cause they, like the horses get used to our, um, they get used to our, our rhythm and stuff like that. So if they're used to our rhythm um, and they, they, they interpret what's going to happen before it happens sometimes, and that's why they can sort of, you know, stay dull for a while. So when things that are slightly unusual happen, um, then what happens is the horse starts to pay attention. Um, and I've got my uh, story that I tell. It's... Uh, it's the new conspiracy theory um, about the government um, breeding these special magpies. Um, and, and these magpies are designed uh, to be very stealth and hide very well. And they, they've been breeding them for years because they're worried uh, that the, you know, the future generations may not um, work as hard. Um, so they're, they're trying to sort of get our kids off their phones. Um, so what they've done is they've hidden all these magpies in these trees all around the schools in Australia 
and um, these magpies hide away in the trees. Nobody really knows where they are. But when they're walking home from school and they're on their phone, staring at their phone in a, in a, in a sort of a, a land of, you know, in, in, a, um, in, in a very unaware state, all of a sudden these random magpies swoop and they're really aggressive swoopers and they swoop down and they disappear. And, and then uh, the, the kids go, geez, where'd that come from? And then within about three swoops, uh, the kids, are, they, they've figured out that the kids have put their phones away. They're starting to stand up straighter and they're actually walking with a lot of awareness. And actually it's even prevented a lot of kids from getting run over and stuff like that because they're actually watching the roads. They're seeing cyclists go by, all these sorts of things. Um, so that's the magpie experiment. So that's the latest conspiracy theory that I've made up. But it's a bit of a joke that I say to people, but sometimes when something happens out of the blue that um, a horse wasn't uh, prepared for, um, it becomes responsible for its own awareness, opposed to us always going, wake up now, do this now, do that now. Um, so they have to be responsible for their own awareness. And it's very important that sometimes, you know, we, we sort of throw some things in there just to sort of say, I can't control the world. Um, I can't control the things around me. Things happen um, out of my jurisdiction. And you, you, you may have to be more alert to pay attention to that. And, and then the horses become more responsible for their own awareness. So, yeah, so when you're training those horses that are shutting down and stuff like that or shutting out information, there's little random things you can do every now and again that uh, the horse didn't expect um that suddenly makes them have their own natural awareness and they're responsible for it opposed to us being responsible for it and that's why sometimes i'll use a flag and i might just randomly like just flick a flag over a horse's ear and make it disappear in a microsecond just so the horse goes oh what was that um i, I didn't see that coming um because um, a, a safe horse is an aware horse an unsafe horse is an un unaware horse and uh, i know people get worried about maybe uh spooking their horses or something like that but the horses as i say the ones that think through situations so much better are the ones that um are vigilant you know sort of vigilant and and naturally aware and um so yeah when when you're backing up your horse what you, you could do every you know every now and again as you're putting a feel on that rope uh like i said yeah there was that little bump thing that i talked about that upward like little shock that kind of wakes them up a little bit or you could have the little, like the flag and just put a little flick over one ear or something or above the wither for a second and the horse will go, oh, where was that? And then as they're awake, you just uh, ask them to back up for a second and you don't do a long backup. You just do like a little one uh, as long as they've got a bit of life in it and awareness. And if they push and wriggle, it's probably better than them kind of just dulling out. So they will push and you might have to firm up a little bit and say, well, pushing's not available. But the horses that are pushing and wriggling usually learn uh, – more than the ones that are just kind of setting and bracing so yeah anyway just something to think about but uh, the magpie experiment is is one you can sort of you know throw in there as well because i can imagine for people like maybelline who have this sort of horse that's really had a lot of pressure put on it in the past the last thing you want to do is this sort of new owner that's trying to offer an alternative path um is put pressure on to you know to pull on that lead rope and keep pulling because that's just not getting you anywhere like you said you're dragging an anvil anyway um no, so right. so what you're sort of doing is is creating an awareness that will sort of a little bit of a shock factor i suppose i mean that's that's essentially what it is but it um not to spook them but enough just to create that awareness in their minds so that they have the right they're just in the right conscious to learn 
Um, is that is that right? Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, it it will frighten them a little bit, but you you know you've got to sort of you know, but the, but you've got to think about it like this: is the horse has been under a lot of pressure for a long time, and vast amounts of pressure, and yes, kind of worried by all that pressure. So a random here and there, a ho- the horse will be able to cope with, but it's just got to be a- enough to get it into the aware side of its the awareness out. But then when you come in to ask the question, you're probably going to be asking quite softly because the horse is aware. Um, and, yeah, they'll come out of their shell right. and then, then all of a sudden you'll see lots of things. I've seen lots of horses at clinics that have just, um, I've done like little random sort of, you know, especially like ones that have come in. Like the other day I had a little Brumby come in. He was so shut down just sort of like, but he'd been through three owners and um, I, I actually used the belly rope to create awareness on him because even the flag was kind of like, oh, yeah, I've been desensitised, I've been desensitised, I've probably been tarps all over me, all that sort of thing, and he was just la, 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 la. And I said to her, I said, I don't really want you to get on this horse because I can't read this horse, so you can't read this horse because um, so, so horses, um, you know, they say horses don't lie, but horses have been taught to withhold the truth um so what that means is because they're shutting out they're not communicating so they're holding all their anxiety inside and they're not uh letting it flow in and out and flowing in and out is doing something about anxiety as it happens um whether it be looking away whether it be moving a step doesn't matter as long as the horse is thinking about anxiety and um dealing with it constantly then it's communicating to us so what what I did with that horse is I actually did did the sort of the quick bump with the belly rope, um, as I, and and I went oh I've never felt that before and you can see it suddenly go oh I got a little bit frightened, but then it showed me how it felt about all the stuff because when I started to pull the belly rope it started to hump a bit, and and uh, and I said see all that's in there it's just hidden away so if you actually rode it all it would take is something to spook it and that would go it would really buck with the saddle and explode, but. Once I'd made awareness uh, with the belly rope uh, or created awareness, then the horse actually um, started to, uh, after the lesson, it was sniffing on us. It was sort of very open. It was very soft and and it kind of felt good about itself because it, it, it didn't like being hidden away like that. It's fascinating listening to you about the different stories and the different horses that, um, that you know, you've helped come out of these areas. I just want to touch on something that we've that you mentioned there, a couple of things. So um, this concept of how we, you know, how you can do this, you know, as, as a as quite quite a unique, uh, very skilled trainer, um, how you can kind of dabble with a little bit of pressure here and there. And it's pressure that can actually help a horse cope with pressure and that that art that skill um if anyone's really interested in how mark does that and wants to learn more about it just leave a comment for us at the end of this podcast um we'd love to hear what you think because we can get him to do a session literally just on that topic if it interests enough of you um and also for those of you who are in the uk and listening to this um obviously mark is able to bring horses out of these um, shutdown situations and, and reduce their anxiety and get them to cope in our world and show you a whole load of uh, ways of looking at horses in a different way so you can see these emotions that they're carrying. If you're interested in seeing Mark watch, you know, watch him train these sorts of horses, he's doing a demonstration at Berry Farm in uh, 
Leighton Buzzard on Friday the 26th of May. If you head to our website, you can get tickets to see him. That's equineability.com.au. Thank you very much, Mark, and we will talk to you very again soon. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Jenny. You can learn more from Mark online through his online training videos. Just search Mark Langley Horsemanship. There's over 380 training videos which everyone has access to with a seven-day free trial. If you like what you see, it's just $15 a month from there. That's help where you need it.